how did you end up getting to a point where you're at now? So uh, basically running a company that's high eight figures. How did you do that? I know it's a huge question, right? But what are some steps that you took afterwards? Because mm. we can't cover three years and 15 minutes, but yeah. let's just summarize. I tried to, to buy a company, right? Because I, I mm. from my mentor, I learned how to do that, how to evaluate a company, what's important, what you should look out for. And... Um, I can summarize it just to a couple of, of very, very easy things, which actually everybody knows. Um, what we have been doing is we have been selling, and, and by the way, there's a general global problem of legacy issues with companies, mm -hmm. meaning that um, business owners get old, they lack family, they, it's not like they have so many sons and kids that would take over the business. Sometimes they have kids, but they're not willing to take over the business. And some of those businesses, or most, or many of them, are really profitable because you. We're talking about businesses that exist for 10, 15, 20, 50, 60, 70, 100 years, and then simply because the owner gets old or sick or his wife got cancer or whatever, um, he needs to um, get out of the business, right? And no one is willing to take over. And many, many times, those guys they um, worry about the legacy. They're like, "Dude, this is my business. This has been my life, right? It's, it has an." Deep, deep emotional value for me. I want this to sustain, right? I don't want my, my company to actually vanish, right? I don't want the brand to vanish. I have employees I like and love, but I need to I need to quit, right? Because I'm sick. Some I met I met sellers who have cancer, who had like serious, serious health issues, who actually sold me his company. He had two kids, both of them died, and he was like, dude, I need to get out of this business. Um, otherwise I'll kill myself. I need time for me. Right, his um, his wife took his own life, uh, took her own life back then. He was like he was like really depressed, like he was in a down. And I managed to buy his business without a closing payment. Uh, we negotiated, and I, I used this. I know I, I used this to my benefit, to my advantage. But I was also helping him because this way he could get out of the business. Right, he would um, transfer the business to me, and I would pay him an annual payment. Right, not even monthly, but just once a year, I would pay him a big chunk was okay because he had the money, he didn't need it. He was just trying to get away. And I know that he, sounds like a cliche, but he moved to Asia and he tried to not become a monk, but he tried, he wanted to move, travel the mountains and stuff and, and see the world from different perspectives to actually orientate and, and, and find a new way, like find new strange. And uh, this is how I bought my first business, right? Mm. Just without, without cash, low risk, he um, in the transferring phase was like it was very short, right? He was like he was not really um, willing to follow and 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 be part of this business anymore. He was like, do three months and you take over, or otherwise you don't have a deal, right? And I was like, okay, because I learned all these skills necessary, or I thought at that point necessary from the past. I didn't feel ready. I was feeling like, oh shit, this is this is this is big, right? This is, this is really risky because um, the company had loans, right, for the bank. And I would have to sign in Germany, as you call it, like club through loans, that whatever happens, if the company goes broke, the bank would have the right to actually knock on my door and take away everything I own, basically, like my, my personal net worth. I was scared at that point, right? But I knew that there was one, one chance of a lifetime, right? Because finding a seller like that, who's willing to go down with the price like he did. Sorry for him that he was going through a hard life or a hard situation. I ultimately signed it. Uh, I, I thought that I just, I just hoped <laughs> that the skills I learned would be sufficient. I knew I could sell. This was um, 
the time where I still thought with sales you can solve everything, it was not, not 100% on point. I learned how to manage people and all the stuff I mentioned before. And yeah, this was my, my, my first acquisition. The company was doing about three and a half million in sales. It was profitable, really profitable. Uh, that was really amazing to actually <clears throat> get a business. I mean, it's not for free. Purchase price was pretty high anyway, but for not uh, no personal cash, right? I mean, I didn't have to pay out of my pocket for it. That was that was was really really amazing. I improved it because I knew how to read balance sheets and and um, profit and loss sheets and stuff like that. And I saw that what he did was what, what most companies do is uh, he pays quickly for his liabilities. Like he's he would buy raw materials manufacture something and then, then sell it. For everything he bought, he instantly paid, like within the first couple of days. It took a while until he could sell the commodity. And then he offered, uh, he allowed his clients to pay within 60 days, like two months he would wait for payment. This is basically bad cash flow management, right? This could result that if you um, get like 1,000 sales at, day, at one day, you would have to pay so much, so many liabilities that you'll run out of cash, right? Mm -hmm. And if your company has no cash anymore to pay for anything, it basically stops operating, right? It's like, it's like blood in your veins. It's like the cash in a company. So I, I improved that, managed to increase cash flows like dramatically, managed to pay out the seller quickly, grow the company organically a bit. And then um, it wasn't like, it wasn't, uh, I was happy at that point because we are doing quite a good revenue and it was really profitable, but my mentor told me to buy another company, right? And then I asked him, why? I'm, I'm busy, right? He then talked to me about that and he was really correct. If you, it, it's like, is it Pareto principle? I don't know. If you have seven days to complete a task, whatever you do, your, your brain will make you use up all this time available, right? And uh, it was very, very true. I was being up, occupied with a lot of tasks, right? There was a, a lot of things to do. But just very few points have been really important from my perspective, right? Most of the things that I could do wouldn't really yeah, contribute to the long term, to the real success of the company, like making, making low level decisions from where do you post ads to find uh, new applications or applicants? How do we enter new markets? What do we do? What do we improve? Client called us, is not happy with the service. Uh, at that point, it was like um, we shipped one day too late. I mean, as a business owner, I don't give a shit. Sales clerk has to has to care about that, right? It was not not important. Like, why would I have to do the decision to actually call the client and give him like a ten percent discount or shit like that, right? I didn't want to do that, and um, but I did back then. And he told me and he showed me the spectrum of unimportant tasks that I was occupied mm -hmm. with. And I think that this is something that many many managers. Have. They're extremely busy, but um, nothing that they do really matters in terms of the long-term success of the company, right? Like buying pens, like how many pens do we buy? Who gives a shit? It's not, it's not an owner task, right? And then, yeah, then we bought another company, similar setup. We then refined the searching process for leads to uh, companies to buy. We are act actively searching for companies that would have a problem in their, in their family or legacy or would be sick, right? It was seriously our, our search requirements company has to be successful so uh, owner has to have a problem with his family or his legacy is like um, and he has to be old preferably old and sick and his wife also sick the the deeper the issues inside the cellar the easier it is to actually push the price right and this was some, mm -hmm. some dramatic lesson i learned and this enables you 
to push the purchase price to a level where you can, I, I don't want to say risk-free, but pretty easily finance companies, even full finance companies at full, full purchase price with banks because banks see that the purchase price is that low and profitably has a, to have a certain point, um, then they simply finance it, right? You just have to be willing to actually sign for the fucking loan, take over the company and be responsible for the success, right? Make it success, uh, more successful, grow it, because growing it at first is really, it's really important, but it's not that hard. If I view it like now, but the things I learned, running a company is actually pretty easy. It's not, it's not that hard. No, seriously, seriously. I, I think running a company is not that, it's not that hard because let's, let's um, simplify it. Every company is doing something that they do pretty well, right? If it's mm -hmm. an established company, it knows what it does. It knows what it can do. It knows what it can't do. If you produce wooden flooring, you wouldn't start producing like, I don't know, metal weights for lifting uh, or bodybuilding lifters or stuff like that. You simply won't do that. You, you know what to do, right? Then you check the financials and see that a lot of, comp uh, a lot of cash goes out for IT projects like, like SharePoint introducing. Then you think, dude, does SharePoint actually help us produce more sales, more value mm. to our customers and stuff like that? And you see you pay annually 200K for SharePoint servers supplies, IT service agencies, maintenance, security and shit can simply eliminate them and increase our, your company's profitability by, by $200,000 a year by simply reducing the, uh, the position on, on um, SharePoint, right? Growing a company from, from day one can be hard because you have to come up with all those, all those strategies and practices and processes yourself if I would have to run an agency. I would not search for already existing processes or processes other people search. Because every agency is unique and every mm. agency's delivery process is unique. And if you try to make different agencies' processes work inside your agency, you would have to twist your agency, you would have to twist something. It wouldn't be the perfect fit, right? And your business and your job as the business owner is basically figuring out the perfect fit for your company, figuring out the right people at first, of course, right? You need people who can deliver. Don't do the same mistake I did with my agency at first, hiring just cheap labor employees. I mean, if they know their craft, it's okay. You search the right process, you search the right sales process, the right leads, you search, you figure out how to actually market to those leads because every lead is also unique. Find out what your lead wants and you go give it to them, right? If I say wooden flooring, I wouldn't search for leads uh, in the funeral business, right? I wouldn't call some guy who is like burying dead corpses and be like, hey dude, buy my flooring, right? He's not interested in that. I search for, for leads and businesses who either market or, or trade with wooden flooring products or who use it or who want to buy it and put that into their, their own projects, hospitals, houses, private homes, whatever, right? And then I find those and I give them what they want. That's, that's business.